Welcome to the Barrel Chat Podcast, where we provide an unfiltered look into the craft beer industry from the untrained palates of two dumbass outsiders. I am Matthew Muncy, and as always, I am joined by Dustin Wood. Dustin, how are we doing? Good, man. I mean, again, it's a holiday weekend. We're drinking beer. Not enough to be super stupid. Drinking some light beers, actually. Yeah, a lot uh, quite light a beers. few lighter options coming through. Uh I'm super stoked for this one because I don't know dick about really the beer style other than technically it's an amber. <laughs> and then uh, the brewery, I don't know a whole lot about it either. I picked this, I got this from a, my wife's cousin at a family reunion who brings beers just so that we can drink them together because nobody else drinks beer that he likes when he's around. So I get to drink some fun stuff with them. They live in Nashville, Tennessee, so they always bring a bunch of bearded iris and southern grist and all that stuff and then they ran into this one so we'll see what it does um no expectations and what dustin means by holiday weekend is uh we we got together over memorial day weekend and did a bunch of these that's typically how we do it so technically it's memorial day right now we are on our third podcast of of four today so you are listening to this in the middle of june and it's not a holiday (laughs) Probably my birthday. It's getting it's getting close. Yeah, I guess it would be might be close to Father's Day, I think. Third. Probably it's somewhere around Father's Day. So I guess technically there is a holiday to speak of, but not not the holiday we're talking now. Not the one that we're talking. So before we jump into the show, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. Just look up Barrel Chat Podcast on any of those. You can also listen to the show through YouTube now. So we're just Barrel Chat Podcasts on YouTube. If you enjoy our show, please think about leaving us a rating on whichever podcast platform or even YouTube uh, that you listen to the show from. And if you would like to join our Discord server, which is basically just a giant chat room, contact us through any of those platforms or email us at barrelchatpodcasts at gmail.com and we will send you an invite. And if you have any questions about the Discord server, how to set it up, like how to get on, how to join, what is it, are we going to steal your money, things like that, just yes. let us know. <laughs> yes, yes and, we uh, are. Happy to answer any questions. I know Discord is is not, it's kind of a niche thing, I feel like, uh, that not a lot of people use. But if you want to join that conversation, that's a little bit easier than using like Instagram and stuff like that, just let us know. Just We need to just listen to Sean Manahan talk shit all the day. Yeah. He is in there, so there'll be some brewers and stuff. So if you got some questions to ask, you can always do it nicely. So this beer is from Highland Brewing Company, which is out of Asheville, North Carolina. They have a 3.71 on Untapped, and what I found most interesting is they were founded in 1994. That's a long, long fucking. That's almost 30 years. To be in the craft beer game. And in Asheville. So they have to be doing something decent where they're sticking around in one of the beer meccas in the country. And and I guess to kind of put that in in relative terms, Indiana, it was Three Floyds. It's been around since 95, 96. Yeah. So so this is kind of cool. They call themselves uh, Asheville's original craft beer. So maybe they were the first. That wouldn't be... Too surprising because how many how many craft breweries were really open in the nineties? Uh, 
Yeah, because you know, the the craft beer boom really didn't happen until the early two thousands. What them and or late mid two thousands. Asheville Brewing, <laughs> like well, would be I guess because you would think one of the first breweries would of course name themselves after the city. Generally, because I mean, yeah. we had Indianapolis Brewing way back before yeah, the 19... the first bubble, and then like this one. But yeah, it it's a definitely a big brewery in Asheville. I can't say that I've been to it whenever I was in Asheville. I don't think we made it. I've never... I've been through Asheville. I've never properly been to Asheville. That's on my list. Well, that'll be a beer trip. Yeah. It's only eight hours. It's not a terrible drive. No, it's not. It's not terrible at all. And there's a lot of places to hit along the way. So this is their Gaelic Ale, which is an American Amber Red Ale. And for the beer notes, we have 5.5% ABV. 30 IBUs, and it's currently a 3.63 on untapped. They say our flagship is exceptionally balanced, multi-sweetness, delicately hopped. So for a beer that's been around for 30 plus years, they don't really have much to say about it. That's because it's just malt and water. No, They uh, they do claim that it is Asheville's first beer. Oh, cool. So I feel like you... To make a claim like that, especially in Nashville, it must be true. Yeah, I'm sure you'd get a lot of flack if it wasn't. So I, I am very curious about that. You sent it, and I was like, what the hell is a Gaelic ale? And I said, I don't know. I'm just yeah. drinking it. And there's I, I wasn't able to really find anything as to why it is named Gaelic ale. Unless, well, I was going to say, unless that has something to do with who founded Asheville, but I would have to imagine that's not the case. So I am kind of curious, but Isn't that like an Irish thing. Well, yeah. So Gaelic is. Red? Oh, that is probably what it is. Irish, Irish red, because Gaelic is the language of Ireland. So when you sent that to me, I was like, oh yeah, I'm in. Like being of Irish heritage, sign me up. I did not think about it being an Irish red, since that's not what it claims Irish to be. Amber or whatever. But yeah. Yes. Nope. That makes perfect sense now. So probably what that. What Gaelic ale means. Ding. <laughs> Let's talk about this can. All right. So as far as can designs go, I love it and I hate it at the same time. I know that sounds like a weird statement, but I love the color, like variety on the can. It's got like this golden yellow at the top. It's laid out like mountains. You've got an orange mountain, a red mountain a darker red mountain, and then like a burgundy mountain. That burgundy color is just beautiful on a beer can, but it looks mass-produced beer. It feels like it's something that Bud Light or Budweiser made and packaged to look like craft. Um, I don't know why I think that. It just has that feel. And maybe because it's been around since the 90s. <laughs> but it's got a big circle logo on the front, Highland Brewing. Got a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight point star. I'm entirely sure if that's a star at that point. Is it a compass? Yeah, but it looks like a. I mean, it looks like a star, but it oh, is a compass. Yeah, I bet it's whatever that compass rose or whatever it's called. Yeah, and then it's got the Highland logo, which is uh, a four point star. I'm sure that has a name too. That makes it two lines turn into an H. Says Asheville, says 1994, Gaelic Ale, Asheville's first beer, has the ABV. But I, I mean, as far as a can goes, it's simplistic. It feels 
it feels Sun Kingy for what that's worth. Like if Sun King were to package in a 12 ounce can, I feel like this would fit in their lineup as far as like just Did simplicity. You say if they were to package in a 12 ounce can? Well, they do. I, I just don't buy 12 ounce cans from them, I guess. So most of what I buy is like the 16s or the 20s, the screw tits, tops. Gotcha. They do. I just don't buy 12-ounce cans much because they package in like the big packs, right? Yeah, you can't. Well, you can do a six-pack of like some of their stuff. Yeah. But yeah, they do They do cans. So that's probably how this one is too. It's probably a 12-pack or a six-pack. But it's pretty. Um, it says what it is. It's clean. All of it's readable, independent. Family owned. I like it, but I think it's mass produced looking. When you pulled this can out, that was my first thought. Was it looks like something that does not scream craft beer at all. Maybe that's their goal. <laughs> yeah. It, and I, I feel like that's kind of one of those things that just kind of sucks. Because I would almost guarantee that all their cans kind of look like this, just in different colors. And I'm sure there's some variations in there. But I would bet that they all look like this in just different color schemes. I do like the mountains and stuff. It very much fits with, you know, Asheville and North Carolina and the mountainous region and, and stuff like that. It's a very clean can. They use the space well. It tells you exactly... What it it well sort of doesn't say I say that but Gaelic ale Asheville's first beer so technically it doesn't tell you actually what it is it there, tells you it's a Gaelic ale yeah <laughs> um and you would have to decipher like we kind of did of oh that's an Irish red basically but and even technically that's not correct because they listed on Untapped as an American amber which is not an Irish red. Or at least I don't think it is. So I don't know. Like I that I don't like that you kind of have to do a lot of sleuthing to figure out what the hell this beer actually is. I think you can do a better job of that. It does at least kind of tell you what to expect, multi sweetness, delicately hopped. But it yeah, there it just it feels like feels like something that Anheuser Busch took, bought in the nineties. Yep and pushed and like there's not there's just not much to it it's it's quite generic it looks like um shock tops stuff it looks yeah. like a shock top can yeah like if i saw this sitting in the craft beer aisle first i would question it <laughs> and then i would have to force myself to try it and i don't think that's what you want i don't and i understand that there's plenty of people at being around 30 years you're doing well enough clearly wherever you are, but I think to someone who maybe passes through like I do, and if I stop somewhere and see it, I'm not going to necessarily buy it because you're not telling me what it is. I don't know what I'm buying. It looks very generic, which to me just screams mass produced type of thing. Like I feel like that's kind of the difference with Sunking is at least with Sunking, there's a design to it. Like it, we know it's mass produced, and it's not that hard to tell when there's, you know, a million of everything at, at you know, a buyer. But at the same time, like, 
there's just something about it that screams a little bit differently. Or even like a tax man who has, you know, somewhat of a similar cam where it's it's a little generic y, but they do things in a way that that makes it not feel like this. Well, I mean, I wonder if that, to be fair, I wonder what people outside of Indiana think of Sun King's cans. Oh, yeah. Are no, they, that's probably true. Like, so it might, it literally in it's Asheville, good, it might be. It's a good IG question. Like, very standard. That's just what their cans are. That's what they look like. So people know how to find them. People, you know, they're 30 years old. They don't want to be adjusting their yeah. designs now. You're right. I just think, like, you know, we're sitting here, we have, which to be funny, this is our third beer with can that has it. orange on it. But you know, we have Googman's Winner's Milk Jug, we have the Daybreak, and then we have this one. And if you put them all on a shelf, the Gaelic is the last to go. Yeah, for sure. And it's the only one that you don't know what the hell it is. Like all the other ones, like even with Googman, like it's not like Googman's is some crazy graphic design thing. It's very simplistic, but it stands out because of its of the watercolor nature of the the front photo and stuff. Like if that wasn't there, that can would be boring as shit. Yeah. To be fair, it is a boring can, but neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got things that make it redeeming and this doesn't. Like we'll put it this way. This looks like a can that I would make. In my very limited design skills, which everyone can clearly see from time to time, like it's very obvious when I post shit that I make design wise versus what you post, and like that's where I feel like the difference is. Is like this looks like something that an owner who didn't know how to do yeah. proper design made, and it looks good enough that you could send it out. Like People it's kind of the buy vibe. It. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> the vibe I get. We're Nobody's really questioning it necessarily. All right, so I guess enough pooping on that uh, that can design. Let's jump into the beer itself. So we go through the BJCP style guidelines if you are new to this show. And for this one, we are using an, the American Amber Red Ale guidelines. And so we will go through the overall impression, which is basically... They take into account appearance, aroma, flavor, and mouthfeel and tell you what you should expect out of a beer style like this. Obviously, not all beers are 100% two style. There could be adjuncts. There can be differences. But gives you at least a baseline to where you know, like, oh, this is way off course, like a smoothie sour. Ew. <laughs> uh, or, you know, hey, we're at least somewhat on the same road here, and there's just a few creative differences be like taking a, a book and turning it into a movie they're the ones that stray a little too damn far away and then there's the ones that stray just enough that it still makes it fun to watch there's ready player one where they fucked that all up but ah, god I... book's great you want to yes. read it read the book the movie not so great so for overall impression, this American craft beer is amber in color with a moderate level of hops and a caramel malt flavor. The balance can range from malty to hoppy, but in hoppy versions, the flavors should complement rather than clash with the caramel malt profile. That's what to expect. I'm excited to dive in. I think, honestly, I think this will hit 
most things pretty dead. Probably. This feels like a beer that is just straight to style. Yeah, has been Which, brewed and is just there. Yep, and they just brew it on schedule all the time. Doesn't change. Appearance. This beer is typically deep amber to coppery brown in color. Has a moderately large off-white head that lasts. Overall, it tends to have a clear appearance. Well, I will say it is a very beautiful color as far as the beer spectrum is concerned. It's like a reddish gold. So you, it you know it's like, an amber. Yeah. yeah. It's very warm and rich in the like the color profile. Matt's has a great looking head on it. Mine's not so great, but it's a bigger glass, small pour. So to I'm be fair. I think this, this glass is actually pretty pretty damn good to use and it's just it's one of those um fancy glen karen whiskey glasses that i saw someone doing that using this on a tiktok doing reviews and i'm like you know what that's actually not a bad way to do it because a i don't need to consume so much while we're doing these and b like so far i think it's made it pretty a little bit better because Typically, we do use some of the bigger glasses, and the head kind of dissipates a little bit faster, and yep. you know the the colors maybe are a little bit different. I I don't know, probably probably a little bit off. I'd like to know what they use at at beer judging. Plastic or paper cups with that, uh, the yeah. wax lining. I was gonna say if it's anything <laughs> like that homebrew one we went to, where it was all just tiny Jello shot cups. Like yeah, but this is a step up. This is clean, clear, has the right color, Under like off white head is nice and definitely organized. It just looks like it's well-brewed. I mean, that's the best way that I can put it. It just looks well-brewed. It really does. Like, it's got the bubbles coming up from the bottom. There's clearly a lot of carbonation in this thing. But it doesn't seem, like, overly carbed. Seemed just like the last two where there was that that nice frothy head on the edges of the glass and just a little bit in the middle. I love the 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 color of this beer, the clarity of this beer. That that is the one thing that these that these places that produce a lot of of beer and pump out the same kind of beer is you know what to expect. Yep. And that's hard to to knock them for that. You know, like that is why Bud Light and stuff is so popular is like yes, it it has a profile that people enjoy. But at the same time, like it doesn't matter if you get it on tap, if you get it in a forty, if you get it, you know, in a twenty-four pack, if it's been sitting in your, you know, refrigerator for four months, like that shit tastes the same no matter what. Uncle Sam's beer is gonna taste the same whether it was made today or six years from yesterday. Yeah. And and so I think that's where these beers kind of do hold up to that standard too of you know, it's mass-produced, but it's good mass-produced. Well, I mean, you're 30 years old or more at this point, as this brewery is. They damn well better have this specific style down. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're not wrong there. All right, for aroma, this beer typically has a mild to moderate hop aroma, showcasing American or New World hop varieties with notes of citrus, floral, pine, resin, spice, tropical fruit, or a bunch of other fruits. It also has features of a moderate level of maltiness, 
often with a caramel character that can be either complement or partially mask the hop flavor. It definitely masks the hop characteristics in this. I get malt, caramel sweetness for days. There's just like this malty, resinous sweetness in the, the, the nose of this beer. Yeah, it's a pretty big malt bomb. There's like, there's like just enough bitterness from the hops, but it's almost like a, and I'm probably not using this right, but like, like a hop oil bitterness, not necessarily a straight hop bitterness. I can tell just by smelling it that it's going to be malty, that it's going to be roasty a little bit. Maybe not like a stout or a porter, but it will have a little bit of roast characteristic to it. And there's a little bit of hop, but it's not a whole lot. And I'm not mad about it. Yeah. I love the smell of this thing. No, it smells like old school beer. And I don't mean that like it it just smells like... No, you're not like, wrong. It just smells like a, when you go to a brewery and you think what a brewery is going to smell like, it smells like that. Well, this reminds me like, you know, uh, the oh, Fountain Square Brewing. And their preacher's daughter, Amber. That's a good Amber Ale. Yep. You know, the maltiness of it. The one that always sticks out to me is that is that Rise of the Phoenix or whatever it was called by 18th Street. Like, that's still the malty beer that I think of whenever we have something like this. And I wonder if they still make it or not. But I love the smell. Like, that caramel, toffee sweetness to it mixed with the roastiness. Yeah, this to me is a barley pop. Yes. Like, that's what I would think of. That's actually, yeah, that's, now that you say that, I've never really thought about how much of a, how much like a barley wine it smells like, but yeah, that's probably why I like it so much. But it does have that like, I don't know, it's that warming sensation that comes, it smells like fall in a glass, kind of. Yeah. Like, I would totally imbibe on this in the fall. Like, it's not quite as dark as I would want in the fall, but the the scents are there. So, like, it smells like malt and ruffling leaves. <laughs> and it, you're actually, and you're right, like, there's not much hop. I took a drink and then started talking about it because I got confused. Uh, that happens. I was trying to talk drinking <laughs> and... I skipped a step. But, yeah, it does, it does really mask those hop flavors. You don't really get much like floral or pine or spice or anything. You remove the head from it, it literally looks like a fancy like liqueur. Yeah. All right, let's get into my favorite part. Part where we actually get to drink it as if I haven't been drinking it this whole time anyways. This beer offers a moderate to high hop flavor that matches its aroma. The malt flavor ranges from moderate to strong, delivering initial malty sweetness, followed by a moderate caramel character. If I put these in the chat GPT and it literally just like spit out the same same stuff, and I hate that. Because there's like, I just, I don't like how like snooty they make everything sound. Moderate caramel character. Just tell me there's going to be caramel in there. Like, I don't need to know if it's light or moderate. Like, let me make that decision if it's... But I guess that's why they're guidelines. So I will... First off, let's preface this. I do think that we need to maybe move flavor to the front (laughs) and then talk about smell and whatnot because it always warms up 
before we get to the flavor, and I think it changes. I think maybe we just need to start opening the beer <laughs> after we do the yeah. discussion of the can art. But it is insanely malty. It has a nice like roast backbone as well with a little bit of there's not a whole lot of hop, but there is a little bit of hop like it's like it's almost astringency in the back end. A little bitter, but not like a hop. Yeah, this is kind of where I was getting with that when I mentioned the hop oil when I skipped a step. I've heard it talked about before in interviews and stuff that we've done, and I've never really understood it. And I'm, and again, I, there's a good chance I'm using it wrong. But I don't, there's just something about it that doesn't it doesn't scream like actual hop. Yeah, but more like what comes from. It's the not hops the vegetal flavor of hops. Yeah, it's more like yeah, it's not like an earthy. Maybe what happens or when something you boil like it that. down? Resin potentially would be coming from hops, right? Yeah, because yeah. there's resin in hops cousin, so. There's resin in hops as well, and you burn it. So I think there's a lot of malt in this beer. And honestly, I'm a big fan of the flavor profile. Give me a malt bomb all day, every day. If it tastes good, this I know I know malt bombs not a beer style, <laughs> but I could drink malt bombs all day. I just I don't know. It's fun. I could probably have two or three. Wouldn't feel too bad. I don't know if I'd drink many more than that because it would just get to be like that bland flavor mm-hmm. of malt. But I like it. Um, I love a good red or a good like amber or a good brown, and we just don't get them. Like we just nobody makes them anymore because it's not what it's not what uh, Floyd and his bros want to drink. This is a very solid like. I don't I don't know what you call them like beers that you would just have on your shelf like on your beer shelf and it's just like constantly there. Like this is this, this would be a great example of like a sunken cream ale here. Yeah, like, I, like I want a beer, but I don't want like to just overwhelm the flavors of my dinner or I just, I want to sit on the patio and not get too into the beer. Just enjoy it because it's a well-brewed beer. Yeah. You want something with a little bit more flavor than maybe a cream ale or a lager and you know, but you don't want to go overboard with like a milk stout or a porter or something like that, and and maybe the the bitterness of an IPA is just not uh not calling your name at that point. This this place this beer has a has this beer style definitely has a place place for it. I really like that. It's good. Like okay. I said, it is uniquely. It's very clean. Yeah, it's uniquely clean. It's interesting enough in the flavor profile for a house beer that's probably been made a fuckload of times distributed a ton of places how many check-ins were there do you remember uh off the top of my head no feels like it should be quite a few 137,000 okay so 137,000 plus of these beers have been made that's a pretty good number yeah and that's total that's there's 93,000 like, unique and so, that's just untapped. I mean, my parents don't use untapped. They drink a bunch of beer. They mm-hmm. go out places like I mean, Shelley's. I don't use untapped. I mean, I will 95% of the time just check it in. So I know that I've drank it so that I can look at it on the podcast and go, yeah, I've had that before. Um, but there's a lot of new cool shit that's going to be happening with untapped. So keep your eyes peeled. Nice. Mouthfeel. This beer has a medium to medium full body and a moderate to high level of carbonation. 
It offers a smooth finish without any harshness. And in stronger versions, there may be subtle warmth from the alcohol. So I think it's a medium body. I think we've let it sit too long to really discuss the body accurately. But it, when it first started, it was a medium body, had a lot of carbonation going on, but finish is smooth. The carbonation doesn't like burn or anything like you can have some, some carbonations, but it's super smooth, like scary smooth. It feels, it feels lighter to me. Like this feels lighter than Daybreak. It probably is. There was more carbonation for sure in Daybreak. Yeah. There's just something about it like, I guess a medium, but I, I would almost... Schmedium, light to... Yeah. Like, definitely schmedium for me. Like, there, it just feels lighter than Daybreak. And but again, I'm not mad at it for the no. style. Like, like I, I think it's perfectly fine. It It's just... I mean, if it's supposed to be medium to medium full-bodied, I don't think it hits that, technically. But I'm not mad at at the body of it at all. I think it's a, I think it's well-rounded and I, I think it fits like just from the ones that I remember having, like, you know, could it maybe be a little bit more, but I think this fits as a perfect, like sessionable style beer. I, it's not missed truthfully, not missed a mark yet. No, I think it, I, I think this is a very well done amber ale i love an amber you just don't get them you just you go places and you've got what hell my name is amber um, amber has two moms or whatever it is from sun king they make yep. that one they've got we've got fountain square that has the amber yep and then indiana city made an amber back when they were around um or a red ale red ale but you just don't get them nobody makes them yeah and it might be because they don't sell well but maybe if you label it a gaelic ale it'll sell better <laughs> Because people are like, what's a Gaelic ale? That is true. So this is clearly a house beer. And so that's going to go on our top 50 house beer list. What do you think, Matt? I'll say this. Coming into this, I had made some prejudgments that quickly turned out to be very false. Because I took a look at the can, took a look at the brewery, I took a look at the ratings, and everything told me that this was going to be a very meh beer. You had said it's very good when you texted me about it, but that doesn't mean top, you know, very good can... Yeah, it could be 50. Yeah. <laughs> it, hey, this is a really good beer, but it's, you know, in the 40s or something. I'd honestly drink this beer probably more than some of the other beers we've had because it's just so, so good. It's one that doesn't, and this is where like Chili Water and Moontown and even Daybreak, because of the adjuncts or the, the, you know, uh, with, uh, with Cecil, the New England hazy style, it's kind of a different paradigm than just your very basic straightforward, straightforward style beer. Because like, of course people may gravitate more towards that. Even the milk stout, you can throw Gugman in there because it's milk stout is still an adjunct kind of just an adjunct stout. 
I think this this does super well. Hits every note perfectly. We put Daybreak at twelve. I think to be fair, I know you th- Daybreak I think it's was higher. Well, for, I think Daybreak is higher, but I think this can of this Gaelic is better than that can of that Daybreak. And I'd be willing to say that if I were to choose a daily drinker, I would choose it over Cecil. Yeah, it's. it's I'd put it six is where I was leaning. Which is stupid high, but it's what, it was, what's funny good. was we joked like, watch yeah. this be the number one beer, and and it's not, but it's high. It is like it's really well brewed. Stupid high, how good this beer is. Because yeah, I I think it's I think six behind Cosmetic at five. I don't think you're wrong. I think it's a it's it's their flagship beer, which means this is brewed. As often or more often than Sun King's Cream Ale. And to think, like, if this was the first beer to come out of there, like, that's a fucking ballsy move. <laughs> yeah. Big good beer first. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, that's where I was thinking. And like, like Matt said, look, there's good beers everywhere. There's something special about this straight-to-style, very just a brewer went, I want to make an amber. Here's an amber. Well, I th- I think we just don't get those a lot. Like, like we we have some around here, like with Sun King and their cream ale, where it's a, or a, a zombie dust pale ale. But that's even I wouldn't even like. I think zombie dust is eh, questionable whether it's a pale ale or not. But that could be true. I it just does feel like we've had some where it's like there's there's not really necessarily an adjunct into it but it's just so clean and so perfect. Like to me this is a a really perfect example of what I would expect an amber ale to be. It it maybe misses a little bit on the guidelines and stuff like with the mouthfeel and things, but I will now try more Highland. Like when I go to South Carolina, I'm going to try my damnedest to find a few Highland beers to try on vacation here in a few weeks yep. or hell, this might be coming out the about the week I'm going on vacation. I'm going to now try this. But in the past, this would have been a beer that I just would have passed up on the shelf. Me too. I just happened to stumble onto yeah. somebody had an extra can and was like, do you want to take it? And I was like, yeah, love to. Yeah. And, and if you looked at, if you went the untapped route of, well, is this, you know, 363 doesn't really tell you it's going to be great. Like that's pretty middle of the road. And I, and I got to admit, I, it's way better than that. And, yeah, it, it suffers from that same, like, judgment mentality that some of the other ones suffer from because they're they're not adjuncted and they're not hazed and they're not chase games and stuff like that. But it is a through-and-through through good malt beer. Yeah, I've got to agree. I, I'm, I'm all right with six. That's fucking wild. <laughs> it, but it's so good. It is. That I is took just... one drink the first night and went, damn, like, what is happening? This is interesting. That is wild to me that a beer like that just, just so, went top, high top 10. So, I mean, we'll see where it's, it stays later on. We got a lot of other house beers to come, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it enough to intentionally bring a beer back to bring it onto the show. Yeah. 
All right. Well, um, that's going to do Highland. <laughs> yeah. Thank- yeah. Highland Brewery. You fucking nailed this one. I'm super excited to go try some other ones just to see how that, how that works out. And he's going to buy a 12 pack of this and bring it home. <laughs> if I can find some, I'll, I'll definitely bring some back. That's going to do it for the show. Make sure you tune in Friday for a Friday four pack. Should probably look up when these are going out because that week I'm on vacation. We're not doing a Friday four pack. Maybe it'll be an interview. We'll just release the interview that week. Yeah, we'll try something. But uh, but more than likely, look out for something on Friday, unless I'm on vacation. Or just a high five. High five. <laughs> it's Friday. High five. Um. So until then, cheers. Cheers, guys.